sake, let's take a minute and give it up for podcasts. Am I right? Um, no, but seriously, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's literally the easiest way to make podcasts. So let me explain. One, it's free. Two, it literally gives you all the tools you need in order to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, which is amazing. Um, also, the best part, in my opinion, is that it'll distribute your podcast for you. So you can hear it on like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. Pretty amazing, and you literally have to do nothing. The other thing is, you can make money from your podcast. There's no like minimum listenership required, so that's kind of cool. Um, But yeah, seriously, if you're like into podcasts and thinking about making one, I would check it out because it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Um, So yeah, go ahead, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What are you waiting for? Hey, thanks for tuning in. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And this is our podcast, Femme Noir. It's a podcast where we basically talk about movies centered around women. So we're going to talk about movies that are written by women, movies that are directed by women, or movies starring women. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Femme Noir. I'm Serena. I'm Victoria. And... We are a podcast that talks about movies, specifically movies centered around women. So we're going to talk about movies that are written by, directed by, or starring women. I think today I'm actually going to start off to switch it up. I'm going to start off uh, talking about the movie that we are going to be talking about. Um, We're going to be discussing Birds of Prey that came out in 2020, almost exactly a year ago, um, last February, directed by Kathy Yan. Uh, written by Christina Hodson, who is also set to write the Flash solo DC movie. Um, So that's really exciting. Um, The film stars Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead as Huntress, Journey Smollett as Black Canary, Rosie Perez as Detective Montoya, Ella J. Basco as Cassandra Cain, and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, along with his associate Victor Zaz. (laughs) Okay, so now to read off of this, we will be giving our first impressions of the film based on the trailer and of our first watch of the movie, um, and then break down the film and discuss notable scenes and things that worked or didn't really work. Um, Later, I will be giving uh, a little bit of trivia about the movie. I'm going to have a little trivia corner, um, give you guys just some like fun little behind the scenes facts and stuff um, from the director and from uh, the people in the movie. Um, afterwards, we'll discuss uh, how and when the film passes the Bechdel test. And if you aren't familiar with the Bechdel test, um, then don't worry, I'll explain a little more when we get uh, when we get there. And then finally, we'll give our final scores, 10 stars being a perfect film, needing no improvements, five stars being a flawed movie, but still watchable, and one star being bad, bad with a capital B. And we'll end with uh, similar (laughs) movies that we would recommend if you enjoyed this movie and other films by the director. So we'll start off with uh, trailers and advertisements. This is one of the few movies that I have like watched the trailer like on repeat almost. I know a lot of people do that when they're excited for a movie. Um, Typically, the more excited I am, the more I avoid it because I really don't want to be spoiled at all. I like to go into movies not knowing anything. But I was so excited and I have been waiting so long, like four years I waited for this movie. And um, the trailer was just 
fucking bomb. Like it was so awesome. Um, so I was really excited for it and I was not disappointed in my first watch. I really think they, I feel like they nailed it. The trailer really nailed the vibe. I don't know about you though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like if you, if you listen to our Wonder Woman podcast, you probably know that I have a little bit of like a disdain, I guess, where I'm just a little bit cautious when it comes to DC movies. And after seeing Suicide Squad, I was really worried about Birds of Prey. Like I was still going to watch it, but I didn't think that it was going to be that great because Suicide Squad sucked. <laughs> like objectively, it was so bad. <laughs> and so I, I was really worried. I did like the trailer. I thought it was fun. But every time I watched it, I was like, holding my breath a little bit because I wasn't sure it was going to, you know, like stand up to my or hold up to my expectations. And I didn't want to get too excited. So I definitely like watch it. I watched it a couple of times. I had to because of at the time I was working at the movie theater, but then I was also going to a lot of movies. Like, and so it was one of those ones that was like, whatever movie you're watching, it was going to be a trailer. So I watched it a lot, like a lot. <laughs> it got me yeah, so hard. Those hyped. are kind of my. Yeah. Yeah, I was excited, but I was a little uh, like I wasn't quite sure if it was actually going to be that great. Like the trailer definitely gave me hope for the movie. I'll say that. But yeah, I wasn't like I after seeing Ellie treated Harley and Suicide Squad, I was. Like, if they do that, I was I was about to be pissed. I was about to be pissed. <laughs> there was, like, nothing that could get me down. <laughs> I was ready. I was riding so high. The fact that they included, like, Cassandra Kane, who is a bat girl. I fucking love the bat family. And I have been, like, waiting for them to include anybody in, like, the extended, like, DC cinematic universe. And the fact that they included her yeah. is bomb. And I know they retconned her a little bit. They retconned pretty much all the characters. But it worked really well. And I was just so excited. Like, it was cool in the trailer. They... Uh, introduced the characters as their character names and not like the actors it was like it like yeah. said huntresses in the movie and stuff like that which is really fun um dude i was so pumped and then the first watch of the movie dude there was it was like me and three other guys in the whole theater there was nobody in there but he was fucking bomb <laughs> so good i love this movie i'm so biased but i love this movie so what were your initial thoughts about the movie I I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, and there were like certain scenes where I was like, I really liked that. I really liked how they did that. I remember specifically when I was watching it the first time, I loved the fight scenes. And I remember like telling my dad after like in the movie theater, like when we were walking out because we saw it in theaters, I was telling him, I was like, whoa, that movie was super cool. Did you notice the fight scenes? And he was like, what about them? I was like, all of the fight scenes were in, like, wide shots. Like, you could actually see them doing the, like, fighting. Like, there wasn't any of that, like, weird up-close shaky cam that, like, a lot of times you do just to make it... And so that you can, like, cover up, like, fake shots and stuff. But I thought it was really nice that you could actually see the fighting. And that, I absolutely loved. I loved fight scenes in this movie. Um... I really liked how all the women in the movie had like legitimate reasons to be there, but it wasn't just like, oh, I know this person, so they're going to be along with us. Like, um, 
I remember thinking about this and I was like, oh, Ocean's Eleven for some reason. I think I was thinking about how it was like an all-female like ensemble film and the only other ensemble film I could think of off the top of my head was Ocean's Eight, which made me start thinking about Ocean's Eleven <laughs> and how most of the guys in the film were only there because it was like, oh, this guy that knows a guy that knows another guy yeah, kind of a thing. Yeah. And so they were like, I guess we'll just, you know, put our entire life savings and our literal lives online for this guy that you say you know that has been in jail definitely a couple times and maybe he's trustworthy I don't know I'm gonna have to trust you he's your cousin kind of a thing which is like weird like why would you do that I don't know maybe it's a criminal thing but I liked in this movie how they all kind of had their own angle into the situation and they had probably crossed paths at some point and i know like some of them definitely did like um uh not cassandra well actually yeah cassandra and montoya but then also montoya and black canary had been working together for a little bit but they had their own situations that they were dealing with that brought them into the main situation and then from there they all kind of decided collectively at some point like okay, we're just going to have to work together with this. Um, so I really enjoyed that that was kind of the thing. It wasn't just, we're all going to be here because reasons. Yeah. It was their own individual stories that brought them into it. And I really enjoyed that bit about the writing. Not to like completely just derail us right away, but I just watched, um, oh my hair, I just watched Tenet for the first time. And I know we would never, ever talk about oh this God. one because there's like one girl in it and she gets fucked up. Have you seen it already? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you heck I have. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. You definitely have. I, I, oh, God. <laughs> okay, I think you liked it, though, right? <laughs> I really liked it. Oh, I, but I like Christopher Nolan, and I have my own issues with Christopher Nolan, but <laughs> he's so good. He's so good. Okay, here's, here's my problem, though, because I just saw it, and what you just said just reminded me of my biggest, um, issue. Like, the, uh, the reason I want to take this movie out back and fucking beat it up is because <laughs> none of the characters have motivation. I didn't understand. It made it so hard to understand it. And it made it that much more confusing because there was no reason for any of them to do any of what they did. Besides the fact. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Besides the fact that <laughs> they knew that they had done it. So like when John David Washington's uh, the protagonist, um, yeah, yeah. Like, in encounters himself in that fight. Later on, he's like, oh, Spoiler I need alerts. to go back and fight myself. But there's no reason that he should do that besides the fact that he already did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would he do that? Yeah. <laughs> it was upsetting, like, the whole thing. I was movie. talking to someone yeah. who mentioned the same thing. They really liked it, too. But they were mentioning, like, how basically with Tenant, you see half of the movie and then you don't see the other half of the movie, and you, it doesn't get alluded to until the end, and you're like, crap, now I have to, like, watch it again to see what I didn't pick up on. Because I've only seen it one time through, and I really, I like the whole, like, time screwy stuff right. and how all of that works. But that is true. Like, there isn't really, like, a huge motivation. Yeah. Except for some of, like, like, I thought the girl had a pretty cool motivation. Hers was really interesting, and not... Again, I'm so sorry we're off track, but <laughs> I I did I appreciate that she's probably just the it. only <laughs> she's the only woman Christopher Nolan has ever written that, that actually has like oh. 
anything to do with the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, she actually has, like, an actual role. Yeah. And she does something that affects the plot. Yeah. Like, no other movie does he do that in. Yeah. It's either they're always, like, motivation for the main character to do something, or they were Elliot Page in Inception, yeah. was there for half the movie, and then just, like, disappeared. Like, literally didn't do anything. I really thought that they did a good job in this movie, like, explaining why everyone was there. Yeah, exactly. Because that is a thing they do in films with a lot of, like, big actors. Yeah. Where they just, like, don't explain it, and they don't have to because the actors are huge. Yeah. That is something I was upset about because, like, it literally in, like, I compare it to, like, the Harry Potter movie where they, the Prisoner of Azkaban, I'm pretty sure, where they use the time turner. Because Mm -hmm. that was, like, my first impression with, like, I get so into, like, the way that movies perceive time like I ha- I am so into this like I sorry to everyone but like th- I am like no I'm the same hello. way I like, love it yeah I'm like bitch you better get it right because I will catch you if you don't and like in the Harry Potter Hence movie my interest in Christopher Nolan <laughs> <laughs> like in the Harry Potter movie she like when Hermione and Harry whatever they go back there's motive even though those events already happened there's a motivation for them to occur without them knowing so like even in that final scene where like yeah harry got saved and then he goes back to that moment he's like waiting for someone to show up and he's seeing himself get his ass kicked and he knows that someone shows up but he doesn't know that so it's like there's a motivation for him to save himself because he's like yo no one's showing up i gotta do something like and but in in tenet (laughs) literally every single time they go back and do something they're like oh, I just have to go do it because I already did it, so I have to go do it. There's no reason, like, literally, there's no reason for him to fight himself. Oh, but I thought that was, like, a rule. I thought it was, like, a rule. What's rule? It was, like, if you, like, you have to make sure you do the exact same thing, so if you see, like, evidence that you've done something again, you have to do it, otherwise you're gonna, like, ruin the time-space continuum or something. But the other thing is, the main character and the girl were the only two that weren't there on purpose. Like, everyone else... Like, they say it at the end, which is why it's super confusing, is that the whole movie, everything you see, is one of those things that they're trying to pull off. Like, the whole thing is a job. That's what I'm saying! Like, and and, and, and even... (laughs) So, like, everyone else has a reason to be there, because they're like, I have to do this because I did it then, and I have to do it because they're already, like, way in the future. To me, that's not a motivation. They're only doing it because they know that it happened. That's not a motivation to me. (laughs) I'm like, so what was the igniter? Like, there had to have been a point where they weren't just doing stuff because they knew that it happened. Like, so that was kind That's of like... That's so interesting. I thought that made it so interesting was that they even didn't know. They were like, I don't know what the future is because I already did the future because time's existing at the same time and that's insane and I thought it was so interesting but that's... To me, I'm like, that's a little that's messy. Fine. I think he got a little, he got his hands dirty and he kind of dug himself in that hole and there was no clean way to get out. That was not like... I'm kind of glad actually. I'm like, Harry Potter I'm, did it I'm better than you. I'm a little annoyed like... with how good he is at time sometimes. Like Dunkirk and Memento. Why was he... Like, those were amazing, and so I'm kind of glad that he has one of his own little, like... Because that's, that's also, like, a his theory or concept isn't something you see often, so it's, like, his own little thing. Yeah. And it's interesting to Dunkirk me was okay. just to, like, watch as, a like, a director to be, like... Okay, so the way you generally talk about time, it seems as if everything he's ever done right. has, like, led up. Like, every rule, I guess, that's been in all of his other 
I know Christopher Nolan like universe here. Oh my god, you're <laughs> such a stan. Movies, I can't there's you all little him. rules that he has <gasps> and he like combined them all together and I'm only looking at it from like a like a wow, that's so interesting that he like did that because it made me think of another one of his works. I have to watch it again. Like I've only seen it one time. But when I was watching it the first time, I was really more in awe that he was able to weave it all together. <laughs> I did not think that was weaved. That was a gr- kindergarten. A lot of people weave. thought it was like really confusing, and I I didn't think it was confusing the first time I watched it. I don't know why. Like I was like, oh, I totally understand it. And it wasn't until after I was talking to other people when they're like, I didn't understand like this or this or this, and I was like oh, I thought it was because of this. And I was like, maybe it's not, and I have to watch it again? Like, I don't know. Dude, so that's I honestly how he's can't tell you if it makes you. sense or not. <laughs> that's how he's Because I was you. so interested in I think just it's the concept that he was writing of, like, time. To me, that's a head fake. Because I was like, that hasn't been done before. It's like, guys always do that. They do shit that's, like, convoluted, and they're like, you just don't get it. But, like, it's nonsensical. It completely doesn't make any sense. And he's like, it does, but it doesn't. Like, okay. So I just wanted to say that Birds of Prey <laughs> did that better than Nolan himself. Like, they actually gave their characters motivations, and I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, and I appreciate it a lot after seeing yeah. movies where they don't do that. And it's cool that they do that in some movies, and you pointed that out, and I just thought that was cool. Because <laughs> even, like, okay, this is also another... It was probably a flop because of the time it came out and how much money they spent making it. But the King Arthur movies that Guy Ritchie did, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest, I also kind of really like Guy Ritchie's movies a lot (gasps) and just like the style. But none of the guys, none of the guys have any reason for being there. Like, there's never any reason for the guys to be there. So I really enjoyed that this movie made sense because I'll just overlook it. Like, the majority of time when there's a movie and there's like, like sometimes he makes he often makes movies where it's like yeah there's a reason where he kind of does similar to Birds of Prey where it's like different people and then at some point they collide but like the King Arthur movie like it was like oh it's King Arthur they're supposed to be there no one's expecting them to be there and so you can get away with it a lot like even in like Avengers and stuff they'll be like oh it's so and so like here they are you know this superhero from the comics and that they're supposed to be here but they never explain like why they're there or why they agree to do it or like the motivation behind it so i really liked that every single character had a motivation for being where they were in the exact moment that they were yeah there was a guy Ritchie movie that came out like just before birds of prey the gentleman i'm pretty sure and that oh, one yeah it was pretty good but Did it? i thought it came out at the same time yeah like it literally out, like the same time uh, it was before lockdown <laughs> they both came out near my birthday yeah, yeah, I like the gentleman because it was like a storytelling. Yeah, that one was fun. But then, yeah, that one Plus they the re- they didn't reveal who the guys were like until the end. Like you kind of really don't know the actual yeah. motivations of these guys until he yeah. lets you, which is interesting. Yeah. Something that we kind of learn I is like anti suspense because like that's the whole thing with like Hitchcock, which is like showing the audience yeah. what they should expect and then not letting the characters know what to expect and then it builds suspense but then there's yeah. no, it's kind of weird it's the whole like, like dramatic irony thing yeah they don't really do that there they kind of keep the audience just as like in the dark just as clueless yeah <laughs> interesting yeah i think it's interesting that that's like a thing i guess we're seeing a lot more of in films 
is the whole like audience not really knowing it's a like an unreliable narrator type of a thing where you're like do I really believe the character and like what they're saying like I don't know like it's it's very interesting because before storytelling was very much about like the dramatic irony of it the fact that the audience knew what was happening but the characters didn't and now it's it's the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. with this unreliable with this like unreliable storyteller narrator type thing uh it's really interesting to see like this trend in storytelling but yeah yeah okay what did you think <laughs> about the movie because i know i went off about my initial thoughts but what were like your initial thoughts when watching it um obviously fucking loved it it was totally my humor it was totally like i love bright colors i'm sick of like superhero movies that have lots of like and i i bagged on happiest season so much for it but like being ugly <laughs> like i'm so rude but like i like it when the frame has like many colors i like it when they um have yeah. outfits with many colors and even if it's like serious subject matter like i enjoy when they use colors um and it's not just uh yeah palette of beiges you know i like when there's like a lot of variety <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a dark gray and then it's a nice blue gray I and then know. um this is a shadow I know, exactly <laughs> it's Ugh. like why is it so dark <laughs> it was twilight yeah. i'm sorry <laughs> i know i like it's when all it's like busy. weird tones of blue gray which is like okay or it's like a weird like gray green color which i absolutely despise like why why do we have movies in that color or like that yellow color let's stop let's stop that right now yeah let's go back with like the purple like if you're gonna do a movie that's dark colors go moonlight (laughs) go like euphoria (laughs) don't do this whole green yellow ugly like subway new york city like the heck yeah why why would you choose that you have all of the power to make a movie and you chose to make it ugly (laughs) anyway oh my god you said it better than i ever could but (laughs) i'm sorry no don't who are you gonna apologize to you the only person that's gonna be mad is christopher so i'm just saying (laughs) you have the choice you have the choice it's always there that's at the dude that's at fucking the dudes that make fucking those dc movies and it's like dark as hell who's it Zack snyder or whatever good movies it's sorry Zack snyder dark Um, it's like someone turn on the lights bitch i can't see shit yeah like why are they in the dark yeah my goodness i know i hate that (laughs) i want to see i know i hate that style i don't like i don't care if the subject matter is gritty like i enjoy when they have lots of colors and that was something that is super awesome because i was watching with my sister and she really liked that part where harley goes into the uh jail looking for cassandra kane and like her gun is like loaded (laughs) with like like, confetti confetti (laughs) it's so fun and it's such like a a pleasing scene and they they use the music as well so the music is very loud the colors are very loud and that's like it's like the, the binary of like that like dull um visual to like a very explosively colorful visual um and you can kind of go yeah love the contrast for like comedic reasons too yeah especially for comedic reasons like i think the reason a lot of dark comedy works is because you have to play with that binary of like okay the subject matter is dark but there also has to be something light to contrast it and so if you're gonna do it like sometimes they do like the it's a really dark screen and they deliver lines really bluntly, but the line they're saying is like totally out of nowhere, like totally weird. Yeah. And then the other time it really works is like in this movie where it's a really dark, gritty subject matter, 
but it's super bright and colorful. Yeah. You know, like I, I absolutely love that. And yeah. I think we need more of it, to be honest. I know it's I fun, it so or not fun, but it's, in, it's like an experience to like watch Huntress, like shoot up a fucking restaurant and, and, and you can see the whole thing <laughs> and it's like these reds and yeah. yeah, and it's like a lot of like, it's kind of fun. Like, honestly, it's great. it makes it like a lot like, more it interesting was beautiful. I thought it was great. Yeah. And I think because it's unique, it sticks in your mind. Because you were saying earlier how you'd yeah. only seen this movie like once or twice, but you can remember like every detail. And I think because they yeah, make I choices so like much. that, it sticks in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. They make really good decisions that just kind of stick. Like like the scene where she's running in the like in the beginning when she's about to get like caught by the cops or Montoya is chasing her and she's running and she had just gotten her breakfast sandwich. I remember like, I don't know why I remember. I will always remember if someone says birds of prey, this is the first thing I think of, is her running down the street. She shoves the sandwich in her sports bra yeah. so that she can use two hands to jump in. She jumps through the, the window of the truck. And I was like, that's amazing. That is amazing. I thought that was the best thing ever. It's so and good. I immediately, like every time someone says birds of prey, I'm like, that scene that is the scene that I picture in my head yes okay same because so of that good. outfit I love the outfit she was wearing in that scene but then that makes the, me like, want to bring sleeves. up yeah the sleeves I want it so bad they were selling like duplicates <laughs> at like Hot Topic or something and they were so expensive but like I wanted one but I Ugh, wanted to talk about so cute yeah that what you said earlier um off camera but I'm gonna bring it up about how in uh Suicide Squad Harley's outfits are super uh it, you can see a difference between what she wears in this movie versus what she wears in Suicide Squad and I There's thought it a was a huge difference huge difference um and you could uh attribute that to a variety of um factors um but I just thought it was nice because of the theme of her being emancipated and uh her outfit in that first movie like she had the graphic on her shirt that said like daddy's little monster and that kind of stuff and then in her mm -hmm. you know emancipation in her now solo movie, like all of her clothes her... were ripped yeah like, why were they all ripped in suicide squad like yeah. oh my god i didn't that wasn't nice i did not appreciate that and there was a like sexy scene where she's like dressing or whatever and like undressing and like yeah it was like a like pan up on her man. body yeah it was like Ugh. super weird i don't know not into it but then and they do movie, the like close pan up yeah thing. Like there's a there's a shot where she's standing like um, I think it's when she ends up like betraying the Suicide Squad or something and goes with the Joker and she's standing on the building with like a gun and she had just shot it but it goes from her legs and pans up and I was like that's such a male gazy type of thing <laughs> like to unnecessary do. and that's something you don't see in this movie like they definitely had a female gaze in this movie which is very it's the exact opposite of a male gaze because a male gaze, what they'll do is they'll like take bits of pieces of things like sexualizing women um, in ways that they don't even need to be sexualized. A lot of times it'll be like a scene where they're like, oh, this is super disgusting and we have to see, we have to show that this woman's being abused by showing her body and close-ups and stuff. And that really isn't necessary because there's a scene in this movie when the villain, um, he's talking he's in the bar and he's like really upset and this girl's laughing with her date or whatever and she like makes her stand on the table and they do it in like wide shots and like medium to like medium close-up shots they don't do a close-up shot they don't do a pan shot but the the scene is he's being like you need to undress right now because i'm gonna embarrass you and it doesn't feel good to watch it 
It doesn't feel good to watch it. They don't make it sexual by doing close pans of her body as she's undressing. She's not wearing sexy lingerie. She's wearing mixed match underwear for crying (laughs) out loud. And you can feel her embarrassment. And it's just like, and then you see Black Canary and she's practically crying because she has to sit there and watch this. Yeah, she oh she was like, crying. Yeah, yeah. You should feel disgusting watching these things. You shouldn't be like, oh, so poor her, poor her. Like, you should feel bad <laughs> by having to watch this. You shouldn't feel like, oh dang, that really sucks to her. She's so pretty though. Like, no, that should not be your thought. Yeah, I think something pivotal to like <laughs> That's such a male gaze, gaze yeah. like way of directing something, and I'm so glad they didn't do it in this movie. They don't do that in a lot of movies, especially when it comes to like women and them being brutalized on screen they don't help their case by the way that they that they direct it they almost like romanticize it yeah it's very wrong yeah like some of the like so things are like pivotal in male gaze it's like um shooting a woman with no face so like they'll show the body mainly or they'll show like her Mm -hmm. from behind uh minimal clothing that's something that it attributed to the male gaze a lot yeah um only showing women boob shots yeah only showing women like in situations <laughs> like where they're compromised over. is something very male gazy so they don't really show women just like being casual hanging out whatever they're either like um mm-hmm. like sexually compromised undressing dressing whatever that kind of stuff or they're making out or it's a sex scene or like those sorts of things it's like yeah that's or they're like using their sex to their appeal or like to their advantage type of a thing yeah and Even then, though they shoot her in a completely submissive role by doing a shot that's a down angle on her. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hate that. That's it, yeah, yeah. I hate that. <laughs> like, when they do the down angle. Yeah. As if you, the POV, is looking down at the female. They never do, like, a good shot. It's Right. That is important, There's so many too. things I hate about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then not to, because I actually haven't seen on. this one, so I won't get off topic again with this, but in Queen's Gambit, I know that there's a scene where the main character who's, uh, I can't remember her name. I should look it up. And basically, if a lot of people have seen it. Have you seen it? I haven't actually. My parents saw it. Okay. I didn't watch it mainly because uh, chess isn't my thing. Okay. And yeah. I saw a lot of jokes about chess and orphans and I was just like, I interesting. And I was like, I'll probably watch it at some point. Yeah, maybe. I like the main actress. Oh, yeah. Anna Taylor, Taylor Joy, Joy, I think. Yes. Yes. Um. So there's a scene where she's, like, supposed to be, like, having a breakdown or she's, like, hit rock bottom. And she's <laughs> literally wearing, she's literally, like, in fancy lacy underwear and, like, a really, like, flowy tank top. And she's, like, she has full makeup. and She's, like, dancing around with, like, yeah. a wine glass. And that's supposed to be her having a breakdown. And I was, like, someone said something, like. I saw a TikTok on that, actually. <laughs> the girl was, like, how men write women doing, um. <laughs> having a breakdown and she's like wearing lingerie and she's yeah. like let me just make sure i look sexy while i'm crying yeah she's like and she smoking like her, her glass of champagne and she's like how it really would have been if a woman wrote it would just be like her one moment crying and then the next moment she's like should i just buy this random item because um why not and then she like does and she's like damn it i bought that item and then she starts crying again because this is a breakdown and then she's like okay let me return it like let me, let me just cancel the order now that i've got my life together and then she starts crying again and then it's like okay i really hate this picture and i need to rearrange my apartment and i was like yes facts oh that last part <laughs> I yes straight move things around yeah <laughs> oh my goodness 
Yeah. So I just thought like, that oh, was am funny. I just gonna binge watch an entire television show in one night while eating popcorn and not even changing my outfit for like three days? Bundled just up in because blankets. I'm feeling down and in a depressive episode. One hundred percent. Yeah. Am I gonna lay down in my bed and just kind of stay there because it's warm? Uh huh. <laughs> I will do that instead of get food. I can tell you that much. Yes. You I'm should sorry. be writing it. They should uh, the hire. They should need to hire you when I'm sad and having a breakdown. Is be cold. <laughs> Wearing oh lingerie. It must have spiked when you said Are you kidding me? <laughs> I want to see your levels when you said sorry. cold. I know that shit went boom. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was so loud. But I'm I heated. Love it. I love it when you get heated. <laughs> heated. I love Are you kidding that. me? I'm not trying to be cold. I'm trying to be like the freaking... I'm trying to hibernate. I'm trying to hibernate. I'm not trying to be cold. Last thing you'll see me in is freaking lingerie if I'm in the middle of a breakdown. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. I'm in the shower probably with the water as hot as freaking Mordor. It's as hot as the sun. And people are like, (laughs) literally, how's the water this hot? And I'm like, because I am having an emotional breakdown. (laughs) Not Mordor. (laughs) I'm trying to be cold here. Like, okay. I'm trying to feel something other than whatever emotion I'm going through. And if that means burning my skin off, so be it. But it will not be cold. It will not. <laughs> okay, damn. <laughs> Are you good? <laughs> yeah, we're doing fine. Ooh. I took my meds this morning. We're great. Okay, that's good. So this is this is good like passion. Okay. My... Sorry. I peaked. I got really heated. Um, but there are a couple of other things that I wanted to say about this movie that I I thought were amazing. Um, and specifically, I think that has to do with like how the women interact with each other. Um, I mentioned earlier about how all the women, um, they come from their own individual storylines and then they kind of congeal they congregate at some point in the movie and they all have to fight together and i think it's interesting because none of them really are like friends but they're also not enemies and the reason it's it's something that i think is really interesting because i think that if like it feels really realistic because if i see like another woman even if i don't like her out in public that's being like I don't know, maybe something's going on with, like, a dude or something. Like, I'm 100% going to feel protective over her. And so I fe- I felt that with this movie and how the women interacted with, the- with each other. And this is probably, like, such a random scene, but I thought it kind of helped was when <laughs> when they do all come together in, like, the fun house, the playhouse or whatever. And um, <laughs> Harley's got Cassandra strapped to the toilet <laughs> because she swallowed the diamond. <laughs> and she's like... You gotta get it out, otherwise I'm gonna have to kill you, kind of a thing. Cassandra's like screaming, and then uh, Black Canary comes in, and she's like, "What are you doing with the girl?" And like Huntress and Canary are like, "Hello, you can't be doing this," and they're fighting Harley. Meanwhile, Cassandra's still strapped to a toilet, and then like Montoya shows up, and they're all fighting against each other. But then immediately, as soon as they're like, "Crap, the Joker's coming," they're like, "All right." Not Guess the we're a team now. And I was like, that's 100% Black something mass. that would happen. Like, yeah, the girl may be crazy, but she's not the Joker. <laughs> like, like he's awake. Like, I'd rather go with the crazy girl than with the guy that's just going to kill me for being a woman, you know? The Joker? <laughs> it's not the Joker. I'm he sorry. It's not the Joker, one. but <laughs> he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> the whole reason was because they broke up, uh, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, it's fine. <laughs> that, that's an inside joke between me and the movie. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, Ouch, the I'm guy, left out. you know, the villain, the main guy. Yeah. Is his name also Max? No, uh, Black Mask. No. Um, I Black forget Mask. his the name that they like, used for him. Human name. His human name. Human name. Let's see. It was. Oh, uh, R something. Rockwell. Rockwell. I don't know. That's a stupid... <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Uh, Roman Sionis. Okay, that's a, that's a way cooler name than Max. I was about to be like, did they really just name every villain Max? <laughs> they could. Because we talked about Wonder Woman and the, and the guy, the villain was Max. Yeah. Anyway. Well. But I thought that was great, because I was like, yeah, um... Definitely not gonna go after, like, gonna try and defend the guy that's kind of the reason we're all here. Like, that girl may be crazy, but I'm definitely going with her. Like, I'm on her side. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Like, nah, I'm not going with that man. I haven't met him yet. I know I just met her, but I trust her way more than I trust him. <laughs> you know what? We actually talked about this before, but I, I guess, like, I wanted to bring it up again that I just appreciated how many. Um, relationships they were able to express in such a short amount of time. It's like an hour and 47 minutes, but you really get a lot of different, like, um, like female, like, uh, like inter-female relationships. So you kind of get like the, like older sister, younger sister relationship between like Margot Mm -hmm. and, or, uh, Harley Quinn and then Cassandra came. (laughs) And then you get like that older, like more mature, um, figure in Detective Montoya. Um, it was kind of cute that, um, Huntress was like sort of like a more reserved and like shy, um, presence, but then the way that they as a friend group were able to like, like complete each other and like back each other up and that kind of stuff. It was nice to see them all interact and like, um, because you, even in like movies where, there are a lot of like girls present. I talked about this a little with, with my sister and she was like, you, you kind of normally get like, uh, it, it doesn't make sense. Like they feel very fake. And I think that that's because like, mm. they're mostly like, uh, male projections of like female stereotypes. So it's like, there's yeah. Yeah, like, Oh, we talked about this little in wonder woman, how it's like, Oh, the nerdy girl. And then the pretty girl and then the athletic girl. And you know, like these sorts of like girl stereotypes, <laughs> but then in this movie you get like, um, they're, they're more fleshed because they're from like a perspective of somebody who views females as as humans like girls as just being yeah. people <laughs> and I, I thought that was really um, nice because it wasn't a movie centered around oh here's uh, an older sister younger sister movie you know you, that's typically where you see it yeah. in like chick flicks where it's that's the point and it's a mom yeah. and daughter movie but you kind of get all of that in this movie in addition to them just being mm-hmm. cool um, superheroes and kick ass and a cool team you get those sorts of relationships as well yeah really cool like i think the only stereotype they had in the movie was like huntress being the weird one being like the socially awkward one which like also completely made sense and you didn't have to question why she was like that because of like uh the intense trauma trauma and um childhood that she was brought up in yeah (laughs) and you're like yeah it makes sense that she would be socially awkward because she hasn't experienced social yeah (laughs) That's not a thing she's been through. Um, I also liked how you mentioned the, like, I guess, like, the the sisterly relationship with uh, Cassandra and Harley, but I also appreciated um, Black Canary's character, like, a lot. That's true. I loved how she interacted with everyone. Like, she was like, 
okay, Harley, you're super weird. Like, girl, you need to go home. You're in the bar. You're drunk. (laughs) And then she saw her out there and was like, okay, I'm not about to let her get, like, kidnapped by these dudes. Like, she went and, like, beat them up. Yeah. But then at the same time, she was like, you could help, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And then she, like, left and was like, be a part of your own business. And then, like, later she runs into into Cassandra when she's like, oh, your parents being, like, annoying again. She's like, hey go down the street, here's some money. And then I think Cassandra tries to rob her at some point. Maybe she doesn't, but yeah, like the whole thing of just being like, girl, what are you doing? And then like, I don't know if she robbed her, but it was, or she, she didn't rob her. She robbed the, the guy that was with her later. Um, There was like a moment where Cassandra like, she has to be like the the bodyguard guy. But Black Canary like grabs her and she's like, one day you're going to pick the wrong pocket, kid. Yeah. 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 That, uh, that scene. Um, But yeah, I thought that she, she, it's not really like a sisterly relationship. It's just like a protective, like, hey, don't get into stuff. Like, don't end up like me kind of a thing. And I thought it was really cool because it added a lot of depth to the actions that she did in the movie. Like her choices for making a lot of, or the reasons for her making a lot of the choices that she made had a lot to do with her background. And you could see that her background not only affected things on like how she acted on a small level, but also how it act, how she reacted to things plot wise. And I thought that it was really cool to have them be simultaneous and they made sense and they were consistent. Yeah. And that's breaking free of the stereotype thing too, because then even me as a film viewer, after watching so many films made by men, written by men, I only really know filmic female relationships in, in those terms. I'm like, Oh, here's this sort of relationship. But then this movie sort of breaks that mold and says, there are other relationships that we have not seen, you know, and that can exist, which is like that between Black Canary and Cassandra Cain. And then all those other combinations those characters mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's really cool to see um let's do Vic's trivia <laughs> trivia okay so some of this um <laughs> i i just learned myself but then there were a couple things that um i have known and so it'll probably be repeats for serena but um and a lot of them are Marco Robbie oriented. Sorry, but I love her. Okay, so the first one. <laughs> we love her. First little fun Margot fact. Marco Robbie, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> I love you, Marco. You're my, you're my fave. My fave among faves. Because <laughs> she's totally listening to our <laughs> baby podcast. Who knows? Who knows? Thanks. Thanks, girl. Thank you. We got we know you. you. got us. We got you. <laughs> She's a real homie. A real, true homie. <laughs> okay, so you said, I anyway, said something like, I said something like, we didn't even plan this, but earlier, Serena said that she really liked the fight scenes and the choreography. And this movie has the same fight choreographer as the fight choreographer for Atomic Blonde. So, and I thought the fight scenes in Atomic Blonde were really good. If you haven't seen that movie, um, really unique. And yeah. and Serena talked about um, they're amazing. Yeah, like how when uh, sort of similar to the way that we said that color can give a lasting impression and make you um, retain what you like the visuals that you experience um, oh more easily. In the same way, fight scenes that are non-conventional can stick with you longer um, if they are uh, <laughs> if they if they are non-contemporary. So if or not 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 contemporary. What was I trying to say? Like non-conventional. So yeah. Um, yeah, fight scenes, like Serena said, that are, like, 
uh, shot with like wide shots where you can kind of see like awkward actions and like full range of motion um, stick with you longer. And I thought that was really cool because I like both of those movies. I think the other thing about these fight scenes between the two movies is that like it actually looks painful to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's also something that like lasts with me. You're like, ooh, that had to hurt kind of a thing because a lot of times they're just kind of going through it and then they literally they're not sore or anything like <laughs> none of that um i know like a huge thing in atomic bond was she was like oh my gosh my body after like they show like all the bruises and all of that stuff and in this movie like even though they didn't really show all of that or like the soreness behind the fighting like they did show that she was an experienced fighter because she was straight like bulldozing through people but then she also had to do it with like a like in a like I'm a smaller type of a person so I'm going against a bigger person let me use like my was it like physics it's probably physics I'm bad with that kind of stuff I have to use physics to make sure that like my mass and use their mass against them in my center of gravity I got it <laughs> um kind of a thing they, they actually show a lot of fight scenes and choreography that engages that which is something that you learn if you're taking like self-defense as a woman for purposes mm -hmm. <laughs> cool. you know those those reasons <clears throat> but um yeah I thought it was really cool that they incorporated a lot of that in her choreography in both films so it's really cool actually that they're the same person because like dang we should hire them more <laughs> they should do like all the choreography I'm kind of going on it feels very said. real yeah um, Marco did a lot of her own stunts. So there's some cool clips from the scene where she's breaking Cassandra Kane out of the jail, um, Ugh. where, uh, Margot Robbie is doing her own stunts and flips and fighting the guys. So it's That's really awesome. Cool. What the heck? Yeah. It's really cool. Another I point for Margo. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> As if she needs any more. <laughs> she's already big. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, okay. So another one um, that one of the ones that I just learned was that there were actually multiple choreographed dance scenes shot for the movie. So the one where she's getting beat up by Zaz. Yeah. Um, and it breaks into like that Marilyn Monroe, whatever dance number. There yeah. were like multiple other ones. I don't know like what the context for those were, but she like they practiced them and shot them the whole thing and then they just didn't make the final cut so dang that sucks i kind of wish you could see them i know right i'm like they're probably so cute <laughs> where's the deleted scenes i know release the freaking director's cut <laughs> it's the one thing i miss about like dvds is you can't just like go in on amazon netflix and be like deleted scenes like i wish we could do that yeah like bloopers and they stuff would <laughs> <us> there <laughs> Okay, another Mar Margot one. I promise I have I have a couple that aren't Margot, but all of them are. Um, so the scene in the very beginning where she's cutting her hair after she dumps the Joker or the Joker dumps her, um, that's the mm -hmm. only take that they did of that scene because they only had one wig and they had like no time. Oh. So they could only shoot it once. And then Kathy Ann tweeted that, of course, Margot killed it. But yeah, that's the only take wow. that they did. Yeah. Oh man, so many things could have gone wrong. <laughs> I know, but I'm so glad our that girls are out professional. Okay. <laughs> I know. Dang. Right. Wow. Okay. Um. So I'm like Ella... truly invested in this trivia. <laughs> I know a lot of these. I just learned them. Ella J. Basco, who plays um, Cassandra Kane, actually took 
like sleight of hand lessons to pickpocket so that when she's doing it in Wait, the that's movie, cool. it's like realistic. Yeah. <laughs> that's sick. Wait, what the heck? The I remember as a kid, detail. I was like super obsessed with sleight of hand. Could never get it down, but I always wanted to know how to do it. I should, I should try to do it. That'd be fun. <laughs> You're just that's so cool people. she did that though. No, of course not. Shh. <laughs> Bitch, if I come visit you, I'm like, where's my shade? I want to steal for me, from you. It'd be like a Robin Hood situation. Okay, okay, that's valid. So you would give it to me. You would put pocket Yeah, me. yeah, I'd steal stuff for you. <laughs> Girl, okay, okay, that's allowed. I got you, that's I got allowed. you. Oh my god, thanks. FBI, please don't come after me. I'm not actually stealing things. <laughs> I know, they don't, girl, they don't got no proof. Like, like they don't got no video. Yeah, what proof? Yeah, this is no mine. proof. <laughs> try it. They could try it. You'd be like, mm, stole your badge. Come at me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> okay, last one. Um, Journey Smollett, who plays Black Canary specifically requested Mm -hmm. um a woman of color to uh be her hairstylist because she's like no way i'm gonna have a you could tell you could tell yeah that's true okay 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 as a person with black hair yeah i'm half black and half white so my mom has really thick like red hair and then my dad has like really um he's got like thinner hair uh like individual curls and his individual curls are like a lot smaller than mine so I have not only really thick strands but I also have like really kind of like tight coils as you can kind of see and from oh my goodness it took so long growing up to get someone to like do my hair the right way and like my mom learned a lot because she she didn't grow up with a lot of white friends so she already kind of knew how to take care of her hair which is like a godsend <laughs> i cannot imagine just trying to learn that stuff like just because your kid has like like this hair like my hair you can't see it because of the background but it's it's out to here There's i can heck of see hair. it it looks this short it looks <laughs> this short but if i were to like flat iron it It'd be like this long. Like, look at the shrinkage there. What the fuck? I know. Your hair it's is so super long. long. That's like practically like a foot long what of freaking fuck? hair that looks like it's shoulder length, but it's actually like down to the middle of my back if I were to straighten it, which what is why it takes like fuck? seven hours to flat iron my hair. And oh my like, God, it's, it's huge. Like, my hair is about as wide as my shoulders dry, but if I were to blow dry it, it'd be half as big. So, wow. like, I keep seeing stories about black actresses and black actors saying like, yeah, there's this huge discrepancy of like hairstylists in the industry that don't do black hair or know how to do black hair. And you can even see it in a lot of character design. Like there's a show on Netflix called Tiny Little Things and it's not that great. It's very entertaining if you like like Riverdale type stuff. It's about like ballerinas, but the main character is a black is a black girl and she they have a scene where it's like at night and she's wrapping she has like a head wrap on or like a bonnet and I was like oh my goodness that's super cool to see because the only time I saw it was like in uh, Dear White People they show like nice hair scenes where they're like covering their hair with a bonnet or like the guy has his um his wave cap on and stuff like that and I was like those are things that like we have to do like every night like I sleep I have like satin pillows because otherwise my hair gets really frizzy and then I also like wrap my hair I've got like a silk or satin um giant headscarf thing to cover up all my hair and so 
but like i've also had my hair like messed up by white hairstylists like they've gone through and just jacked up my hair like jacked it up like i had to cut it all off and then grow it back out because they they messed it up so bad and like could you imagine being an actor or an actress and like someone does that to your hair like that's a part of your image and like your brand you can't get jobs if your hair's messed up like you have to have actual representation behind the scenes that know how to do your hair and it's like the other thing is that like for some reason learning how to do hair that isn't just like white or straight is like also more expensive i have a friend that was going through school to be like a curly hair stylist and the reason it's kind of ridiculous is because one it's way more ex- expensive to do a lot of the training for it and then two it also in order to get your hair done with this hair it costs twice as much i had to learn how to do my own hair like i have to cut i cut my own hair i do a lot of the treatments myself because it costs so much yeah and it's like come on that's kind of ridiculous, but I'm glad that she stood up for it and was like, I'm going to have a black, a person of color I think do it my was, hair let me because make sure. I, I know was... they're going to put in the effort and they know why it's important. Let me see. Oops. It's another one of those random things I'm passionate about. <laughs> Sorry if I peeked. <laughs> let me see. Oh yeah, she made sure that it was a black hairstylist. That is what a black hairstylist. Yeah, so I said woman of color, sense. but she like, said they know black why it's hairstylist. Important. So I got it wrong the black first time. Hairstylist. Yeah, that's okay. Because <laughs> like, uh, I couldn't even imagine if that was my job. Like, if I was a model or if I was like an actress, like, and they messed up my hair. Like, I think I went in to get like a keratin treatment, and for some reason, my hair came out like. It had, like, product in it when I left, and it had taken the girl, like, nine hours. We were there all day, and my hair, like, it would not come out of my hair. It was disgusting. And Bro. I was like, what the heck? I didn't know your hair was so long. Was, like, that's news to me. I've never Diego. seen you do that, where it just, like, boom. That's crazy. <laughs> You've never seen my, my shrinkage? What yeah, that's a thing. Fuck? If I straightened so it, long. it would be really long. But I don't oh. know if I have the the shoulder arm strength to, <laughs> to do that all day. Maybe I'll do it one day, because I do want to see how long it is. I just have to, like, you know, work out a little bit before. <laughs> yeah, it has to be, like, a two-day thing. Kind of build up to it. <laughs> yeah, it might take forever. I might have to get, like, half my family involved. I'll get my mom <laughs> yeah. on one side, on my right, and then my, my sister on my left. <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. And I'll be in the front, doing the front. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so now we can do the fuck, what is it? Fuck, Mary. Friend zone. Friend zone. FMF. FMF. <laughs> Today's FMF contestants are. We have Victor Zaz, the assistant. Victor Zaz. Played by Chris. Who I'm pretty Messina. sure is gay for Roman. Right. Roman is our other contestant. Roman Sionis, Black Mask, played by Ewan McGregor. And our last contestant, uh, who should it be? Should be the the, the landlord. Uh, the landlord. <laughs> what other the guys, guys are in this the movie? restaurant? Yeah, I don't know. There's probably like some police guy. You'd rather be the police guy? Let's see. I don't remember. Shoot, there weren't that many men, huh? Yeah. There's also the guy that was sitting at the, as the date with the one girl in the bar. <laughs> or his like goons that you never saw. You could do the Joker. 
fuck no i'm not gonna do the joke in this movie movie. (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll do that well because we did the dad for the happiest season one so we'll do um doc the landlord restaurant guy then we'll do landlord yeah and then romance ionis black mask and then victor's ass those are the three would you like to Uh, go first (laughs) oh man okay definitely kill roman because oh my goodness he's got some issues actually i don't know who's more who's more who's like worse actually (laughs) between zaz and roman they're kind of both insane like i don't feel safe Victor Zaz, hopefully they they do it later, but Victor Zaz is um, the Mr. Freeze villain. So he's not in this movie, but he's his his own villain in the Flash and stuff. Terrifying. Terrifying. Mm. I'm definitely making a friend at a dock. Yeah. 100% want to be on his good side. Oh my goodness. I have to marry one of them? Oh, I lied. Victor Zaz isn't the... I don't even get to kill someone. Isn't the... Freeze guy. Who the fuck is Victor Zaz? I have to marry one and have sex with one. That's disgusting. What the fuck? This is him in the comics. What the fuck? I thought it was the Freeze guy. He's ugly in the comics. He's creepy. (laughs) They made him cute in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, which one would you fuck? add music so i'm not just dancing to nothing (laughs) you're just listening to my moans of like you're like no maybe i can do one of those like like okay you think we're gonna have sex but we're not gonna have sex i have seduced you and i'm actually here to assassinate you um kind of a thing and um what? is that a thing that happens? i would do that jesus yeah you know in those like spy movies okay for some yeah, reason yeah. The, the spy woman is always supposed to like seduce them and then kill them right that's just like a thing i guess right um so i would do that i wouldn't actually they're not getting inside of me i'm sorry wow they're no, that I'm ugly that you're like Ugh. i'm not trying to die man <laughs> i feel like it would hurt they would not be nice um <laughs> sorry that's too much information just being real here you're, uh, so you're yeah thinking would do one of those so situations hard about it with... like <laughs> i have to i can't not <laughs> um i would do one of those situations with uh roman and then i would do one of those like marriage things where it's like like we get like a marriage on paper type of a thing right and i never have to see him and then probably also kill him with with that Oh, and then or Doc is your friend. Him. Maybe he has money. Okay. Actually, okay. Actually, I take that back. I would friend zone Doc. I'd be friends with, with Doc. Okay. We'd be great friends. Be on his good side. I would pretend seduce and then assassinate uh, Zaz, Victor Zaz. And then I would do like a marriage uh, thing with, um, with Roman because he's like super rich. And then I would kill him to get his money. Okay, that is so complicated. I I would fuck <laughs> both of them. I'd fuck Victor and then fuck Roman Sionis. And then I would just do the others with Doc. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, that's my oh, <laughs> Easy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm an like easy a person to please. I'm like a whole storyline going on. I know. I'm like, huh? I couldn't care less. <laughs> that's doing too much. 
You know what? I'll just fuck Doc too. Fuck it. I'll just do all three of them. (laughs) Fuck it. Just make it easy. That way we don't have to think too hard. Maybe get a discount. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not funny. (laughs) All right. All right. Ratings. So Bechdel test plus. Oh yeah, duh. Oh my god. We still have to do Bechdel test. Oh yeah. Ah. No, let's do Bechdel test first. Oh yeah. Okay. It doesn't pass immediately. We talked about it in Wonder Woman. How the first thing she talks about is about the Joker and that they're breaking up, and that's like weird. But it does yes. obviously pass, <laughs> like yes. multiple occasions. It, um, yeah. It just doesn't pass like immediately right off the bat, like the other movies did. Right. It's almost um, kind of interesting the way that this one works because the whole movie is in a way all about a guy, but then. Um, you would have to look at it like under a very intense microscope to come to that conclusion because it definitely isn't actively about the Joker. Um, but that is her primary motivation. Like the first turning point I would say is when she blows up the, the toxic waste factory, whatever. Mm -hmm. And to be um, like, we're broken up. Yeah. And that was like that. If, if you were writing it down, like, what occurred at that first turning point, you would say she mm-hmm. symbolically is broken up with the Joker. So it it does have something but on you a could argue subliminal level to do with if you it. wanted to. Like, if you wanted to argue, yeah. you could argue that technically that's her making a decision for herself. Right, absolutely. Definitely, even if definitely. it is about a man. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, like, the motivation technically is because, like, I guess, I guess you could theoretically say the motivation is more about her asserting her independence right rather than her deciding to break up with the joker right and it helps that he's not in it so <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah it really helps that he's not in this movie yeah that's really cool and yeah. then the first time it is pretty quickly so there's there's margo and there's huntress but then the other three birds of prey are um not white um and the first time that somebody who's uh, like one of the main characters who's not white gets a line is when uh detective montoya is assessing the huntress damage which happens extremely early on so that is something that i was like yeah. wanting to look at too is like if there are women of color like when do they get dialogue and is the dialogue even good mm-hmm. and like do they individually pass the vectal test but they definitely definitely do in this movie and it happens like really quickly so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. With each character. Yeah. Because I want to say with uh, the meat cute of Black Canary and um, Harley is in the bar when she's like, I'm going to start my own business, like take my business card kind of a thing. And she's doing that. And she's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, who are you, girl? Yeah. And she's like, you have a great voice kind of a thing. Like that's their meat cute. Not talking about a man. Yeah. Uh, Montoya does her thing. And I think she actually, I want to say her first line to another female is Cassandra in the precinct. Yeah. When she's going through and she goes, uh, like, you're here again. Like, why are you here again? Kind of a thing. Like, and then Cassandra takes something and like, pockets well, it. So she... that's both of their lines, I want to say. Oh, you're right. You're right. But she might talk to... There might have been the scene with her ex. I don't remember if that was before or if it was after, but that's definitely in the opening with yeah. Ali Wong. Yeah. Because Ali, Ali Wong's Wong. in this movie. Yeah. Sorry. She's barely like, in it, though. 
She's barely in it, but it's still kind of like, what the heck? Ali Wong's in this movie. It's cool. <laughs> I like Ali Wong a lot. Yeah, she's cool. And I'm so sorry I haven't mentioned her yet. It's like towards the end of the podcast, but she's in this movie and it's great. Um, but Ali Wong is like not really on her side and they're also like exes. So there's like a little bit, but I mean, it's not about a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not better. Not romantic way, I guess. <laughs> so her first line is either with Ali Wong's character or with Cassandra Mm -hmm. and that's all of the characters Huntress doesn't come in until like half the movie Mm -hmm. and her literal first line is introducing herself Mm -hmm. to Harley (laughs) which is pretty funny and yeah and then they all kind of get dialogue with each other like Montoya gets dialogue with Canary and then Canary gets Mm -hmm. dialogue with Cassandra so they all have their own dialogue which is nice yeah she goes like you're the killer and she's like it's huntress it's huntress yeah (laughs) she's like yeah (laughs) but it was so funny they're like it's huntress and she's like they're all like you're the bow killer or something like that i forgot what the line was but it was like low-key a cooler name she's like i chose huntress though (laughs) oh i forgot okay so i forgot to explain what the bechtel test is in this episode hopefully oh um if you've been listening to all of them you're familiar but just like a, a really quick explanation is that reminder yeah that we are looking at um if this if the movie that we talked about um has two named women characters that have a conversation about something other than a man and if that happens then it passes the test and that this is a good or it's a it's a a film that's sensitive to representation of women um yes and we've actually made it harder because (laughs) why we call it Bechtel test plus is that they're named characters So the original Bechtel test was supposed to be just any woman was on screen and said a line that wasn't about talk to another woman and they didn't talk about a man but we made it a plus that they had to be named characters it couldn't just be like girl number one or screaming girl in bar or something like that like they had to have a name and actually be like relevant to the movie and i definitely want way. to when we get into movies that have like less white people in them um talk about <laughs> like where the women of color are getting lines because it, i feel like it would be a disservice yeah. if there were like two white girls that got lines and then there's other like characters that are not white that don't get lines <laughs> um that yeah, would suck so yeah so hopefully like when we can get more into that like later on but this movie um did a really good job in my opinion yeah that did a pretty good job and it was very fun to watch yeah i really i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. so i guess now it's time to rate it what would you you want to go first Ah, i want to give it like (laughs) Literally, like, a freaking eight or nine. Uh, maybe a nine. I'll freak it and say nine. <laughs> because I love this movie. Like, I can't I can't foresee myself getting sick of it. It just, like, it's, it's, it's like a, not a guilty pleasure because I'm not guilty about it. Um, I just, I love it. Like, this is just, like, my kind of movie. So, um, I'm going to give it a mm. nine because it's fun. It's awesome. Whatever. I love it. Nine. I think I might also give it a nine just because like, it's so memorable to me. Um, and I think like the only reason I wouldn't give it a 10 is just because of how it's not the same. Like it's, I'm not quite sure Harley Quinn's character is always going to be treated the same because of the fact that she's in like a cinematic universe and they're not always going to have a director that's sensitive to that. Um, I know that really isn't, that doesn't really have a lot to do with this movie, but I think I like it as a nine because i every time i've watched it i like it more um 
I haven't really, there's not a lot of things that I don't like about this movie. I love the fight scenes. I thought the plot was great. It was really fun to watch. I would watch it again. I would recommend other people watch it. I know some people didn't like it, but I don't know why. Like, I don't really think they have really great reasons for not liking it. So yeah, definitely a high, a high rating. I don't think I've ever watched a movie that I would say is like a 10. Like, I'm... I don't think I've ever watched a movie that's a 10. So I feel really? like 9 for me is a really high rating. What? Not even a Christopher Nolan Okay, I take movie? that back. I take that back. <laughs> there is one movie that is probably a 10. What movie? And we will talk about it. So you guys will just have to keep listening to our podcast if you want to find out what movie that is. I want to find out what movie that is. <laughs> okay, I'll shoot. tell you later. Because okay. we're going to talk about it. Okay, shoot. We are going to talk about it. Okay, fuck yeah. And I can't wait. I'm so excited. Oh my god, Dang, I want to know what this ratings. movie is. We both is. have a nine. What? <laughs> we both have a nine for our rating. That's pretty high, I feel like. It's really high, but this is like my favorite not movie generous. right now. Maybe in like a year yeah. it'll be lower, but right now this is like my favorite fucking movie. So. I mean, I went through all of 2020 and I still think that this movie's great because it came out like in the beginning of 2020. Yeah. And now it's 2021 and we're almost back to that same month, which is kind of crazy. I feel like I tend to rate movies pretty high. It's just a coincidence that these first two movies we did are movies I was not a fan of. So, but like pretty much like a lot of movies I would rate extremely high. But I, those movies just coincidentally are were movies that I was like, fuck no. Yeah, I'm glad we actually have a movie that we both really, really liked. Because I think like we had things that we liked about both of them and then things that we didn't like about it. But this movie, I... I honestly can't really just think of anything like off the top of my head that I didn't like. Like I thought the humor was on point. I liked the acting was great with everyone. I thought I thought the fight scenes were great. The cinematography was really fun. The outfits were fun. Like there wasn't anything I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah, I mean I've only seen it a couple times, but like I mean I feel like rewatching movies isn't something a lot of people do because every time I tell someone that I rewatch movies and I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen it like 20 times. They're like, oh my God, you've seen it like 20 times. I'm like, yeah, you don't like rewatch movies. And they're like, no, I watch it once in the theater and I never think about it again. And I was yeah. like, what? Every movie for you isn't a life changing experience because <laughs> it is for me. That's, that's why we started this podcast. <laughs> I was like, I need somewhere to put it. <laughs> no, same. But yeah. Dang. Okay. All right. That's exciting. I really like Birds of Prey. I'm so glad we got to do this movie. Me too. I hope you guys enjoyed doing this movie. Um, Let us know what you guys would rate this movie. Yeah. And do the... Definitely tell us what you would rate it. Do the fuck... Do the FMF. Yeah, do the FMF. (laughs) And feel free to make really long storylines like I did. I think that that's great. So, yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast um, and that you tune in for the next podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, and have a great rest of your day. Bye. One day we're going to have a little do-do-do-do outro.